0: Probably a good place to start. Trainwrecks are good for business.
1: Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Friday morning, putting our producer Jackson to the test to turn this around. Had to wait to see what happened on Thursday night. And the man who was in Philly on Thursday night, and although I have to say, He's looking like he was enjoying the outside in Miami this week. Got a little got a little tan going Tim Bontemps.
0: Hello guys. How are you? Yeah, that uh,
1: that
2: that goofy hat they put on, you didn't cover enough of your face apparently. <laughs>
0: Clearly not. Yeah.
1: Bontemps did uh some hits from um uh how do, how you, how is what is the correct pronunciation Bontemps Calle Ocho?
0: Calle uh, Ocho in Little Havana.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he was playing dominoes,
0: although I was playing dominoes. That's right.
1: Let me just say, um, by the way, Ben McMahon was at the uh, Mavericks uh, sons game six last night. We'll talk about that. Uh, ben McMahon. Hello.
0: Howdy
2: partners.
1: Um, did you notice in those hits that he did with Nick Friedel that, that Bontemps like they gave him like a little stool. Like he was like, you know, Bontemps is like six, four. He was like, you know, <laughs> I, was on
0: a, I was on a regular chair.
1: You look like you were on a little stool. Yeah,
2: they gave him a kid's stool and a kid's I hat. Know. I
0: mean I mean that was like a little monopoly hat on his head. It was it was uh I mean Fredell had a Friedel had a hat that, you know, looked like it was a kid's hat at first. But
2: well, that's because Fredell's hat size is like
0: twelve and a half. As Fredell was very happy to say repeatedly, uh, we're on kyocho and I have an ocho. So <laughs>
1: Just, just restrain yourself, McMahon. Just restrain yourself. Um, speaking of clown shows, Bontemps, I felt like uh <laughs> Hubie <new> transition. <laughs> Hubie Brown should not have uh knocked off duty at the end of the game. We should have had Hubie commentate the Sixers post game press conference, mm. uh mm-hmm. after their game six. Um, and when like uh when Doc Rivers said, I actually came to the conclusion we weren't good enough to be to beat this team, um, you could have, you could have had you be saying Now uh, what we have here is a coach who doesn't care whether he gets fired or not. Um, and uh, so take us through, I mean, the series was the series. We can talk about that if you want, but I, I mean, I only really care about what's going to happen now with the Sixers, the heater, the better team, the heater in the conference finals, we'll be talking about them. Uh, just go through the insanity That was the post-game horror show in that press conference uh, last night.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I go through the whole thing, we won't talk about anything else on the pod. and you guys won't talk either. It will just be uh, me reciting all the insanity that happened. But in an abridged version, um, Doc came in and repeatedly said the team uh, was not talented enough to win. At one point said, when I got here, nobody expected us to do anything, which... uh, (laughs) Sheesh. wouldn't quite wouldn't quite agree with that doc um,
2: <laughs> yeah Emb- all he had was uh, Embiid and and ben simmons and <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> some other pieces no no was, expectations whatsoever
0: was, uh, yeah so sort of a classic doc rivers end of season tour de force uh Brett, he, Brett
2: brown got fired because there were no expectations whatsoever yes,
0: no no expectations at all uh you know he repeatedly got asked if uh, uh you know in a thousand different ways if james harden was terrible by the way we should also say uh so in this game, obviously the Sixers lost. The one thing with the game that matters: James Harden in the game took nine shots. He took two shots in the second half. One of them with a minute to go after he got after he passed the ball multiple times, got pass back two times, and so basically had no choice but to shoot a three before giving up a shot clock violation. Uh, had he not taken that shot, which he was trying not to, he would have taken eight shots in the game. It would have been the first time since he was in Oklahoma City that he took eight shots or less in a game, uh, which, Hey, maybe, maybe Harden will get back to being a sixth man next year. He, well, (laughs) he, he might. And uh, he was, he was looked rather disinterested, I would say in the second half of the game. So what's your box
1: score? Uh, How many free throws did Mr. Harden have in this? uh, this He also took zero
0: also took zero free throws in the game. Uh, So doc got asked a thousand different ways uh, how, you know, can you explain why James Harden was not good and why he didn't want to shoot the ball? And he went out of his way to uh, say he wasn't going to talk about that. Uh, I think remembering what happened last year with Ben Simmons uh, in of season press conference, he said he didn't know if he could win with Ben Simmons. Um,
2: right. did, it, did anybody ask if he th- if he felt he could win with James Harden?
0: I had I had multiple people text me and say, you need to ask Doc if he can win a championship. with James Harden. I was like, I'm not going down that road again. Um, Then we had James get on the podium. James got asked. So, James, you took two shots in the second half. What was the deal? Uh, His quote. We ran our offense and the ball didn't get back to me. Well, that's an interesting statement given P was the guy running the offense and had the ball. You he could have maybe driven the ball or shot the ball or done anything, but he had three drives the in
1: the entire game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was three. a it uh James is James has obviously had some disappearing acts in the playoffs. McMahon and I were at <laughs> in this the most single baffling uh game that I've probably ever been at, which is game six in 2017. Rocket Spurs, uh, another home playoff game where James Harden disappeared and his team lost. Um, that one is a little more dramatic than this one.
2: By a million and six while Kawhi sat in street That's clothes right. and watched.
0: Yeah, that was that was a wild night on 100 levels. But uh, so he, he disappears from this game, has that excuse after the game uh, that the ball didn't come back to him then. Uh he gets asked if he's going to stay in Philly and he says he is going to stay. He gets asked if he's going to if he's willing to take less money and he says I'll do whatever it takes to have this team be as good as possible. Um mm. that's, What which, does that mean? Well, hmm. I, we can get into that I think later. That's an interesting I think that's one to unpack on a couple of levels. Um and otherwise, you know, just you know, was That was that was really the highlights of James Harden. Then we then we get to Tobias Harris. All all
2: all post game, none on the floor.
0: Yes. Then we get to Tobias Harris, who comes in. Uh, Tobias, who just probably had the best month of basketball his career. Frankly, he's been really really good. But he gets asked. So Tobias, like, what what issues are there to fix with this team to to improve it to to get where you guys want to go? Well, uh, he just goes. Well, mental toughness is a problem. Mm. Goes on and on and on about He's how right. oh, uh, I uh, didn't I didn't say it was wrong. I just said uh, it was just
1: terrific just... honesty in this post game presser. Although we could debate when Doc said, hey, I do a terrific job. Well,
0: he, <laughs> uh, yes, that was the other thing. Doc said four or five times they have to improve the talent level on the roster too. Uh, uh, beyond the fact that he was uh, not supposed to do anything with the team. Tobias then goes into a whole thing about how their body language is crappy. They don't handle adversity well. This is something you need to improve. I said to Tobias, well, Tobias, that's not an easy thing to fix. How do you fix that? He just said, yeah, we just have to go out there and uh, do it on the court. Um, this all seemed to be, to me, a bit of a poke at the point guard who refused to shoot the ball in the second half, I would guess.
2: Tobias, Tobias should have said, hell, if I know I'll have plantar fasciitis in Oklahoma City next year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the big fella came in, Joel Embiid, who had all sorts of things to say. Uh He got asked if um, he got asked about Harden. I don't remember the exact context of being asked about Harden and said, well, everybody I know has been expecting Houston James Harden to show up since we got here, but he's just not that player anymore. It's more of a playmaker now. It's like Okay. Also honest, but (laughs) interesting. He got asked. uh, He got asked about the Tobias quote said, uh, We, our team needs a lot more toughness goes through the fact that basically in this entire time here, they've had no tough guys on the team. We've quote, we've never had a guy like PJ Tucker. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Talking about players at other teams. He gets asked. Well, they did. They did
2: have one tough guy who he really, Um, really misses.
0: Well, so George Sedano after the game asked, uh, Jimmy about playing with Joel and, um, you know, Jimmy said he wished he was still playing with him, I believe is the quote. So this got relayed to Joel after the game. Joel then goes in a very long jag about how he's proud of, uh, Jimmy Butler for all that he's done and says, you know, I, am not going to lie. I wish I was still playing with the guy. I don't know how we let him go. It's like, I know. Okay. How him, I know
1: exactly how they let him. Go.
0: I, well, again, there's honesty and layers here Yeah, throughout. Um, You know, and then when I he and when I after he said the stuff about toughness, I said, well, Joel, are you interested in um, are you interested in talking to management about this and like expressing your views on the roster? Because he always says he is not the GM. He then uh, refused to answer the question multiple ways. And then in a final nod to the straw poll said, uh, well, Tim, when I when I got home this week, I got the best best gift I could get, which that I was most valuable father. And I then and I just started laughing. And I was like, OK, I'm glad we got I, I'm, I'm glad you're I'm glad you're happy to be with Arthur. I'm also glad that you find another way to get back to the straw poll and not winning MVP. All right. So speaking, that's, real quick the, about, that's the the end. Of, OK, that's the speaking, end of the insanity from Atlanta. let's have
1: a little aside here about the straw poll. The straw poll came out at the end of March. Right. Yeah.
0: March 29th.
1: What did the straw poll? The Tim Bontemps poll, the Bontemps poll, as I call it, what did it say the MVP voting was going to be?
0: It said that Nicole Jokic was going to be first. It said Joel Embiid was going to be second. with how many votes? How many, many votes? Uh, I can look up the exact votes, but it was it was basically identical to the final tally. Okay. Uh, the the, the Bontemps survey, the BS. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what when, when Embiid was asked, because there was a, Theory that was You know floated by many people That his poor play in game Five and by the way I can't explain I mean I have a guess as to Why his play in game five In Miami was off and his you know I think it was because Harden shot the ball The whole time in the first half which is One of the reasons why Joel shot the ball the Whole time in the first half in game six And probably why or contributed to Why Harden didn't shoot the ball Because uh, Embiid was shooting it a lot But was he his- had a
2: he had a torn thumb ligament, he yeah. had a broken face and he had
1: yeah. a
0: broken psyche. Other than that, he was completely healthy. Well, they 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 also tried to get him. They also were unable to get him the ball in game 5, but that's a whole other story. All right.
1: So he there was people saying, I mean, Barkley said it. He goes they think he's pouting because he didn't win the MVP. So he got asked about it after the game and he said, "I knew when the straw poll came out that I wasn't winning the MVP." Mm-hmm. Which I know is the
0: case because he and I have had several discussions about this since then six right. weeks ago right. about the straw right. poll.
1: So anyway, but yes, I was the, the straw poll Yeah, Jokic. there's a reason why we uh talk about it a lot and then we straw poll straw poll
0: results 62
1: first place votes to
0: Jokic 860 points. Uh embiid 29 first place votes 719 points. Giannis nine first place votes 593 points and the final tallies were 65 and 875 for Jokic, 26 and 706 for Embiid and nine and 595 for Giannis. So that, uh, that worked out pretty good.
1: All right. So good job. We'll see you next season, Strawball. Yes. And the Sixers. Um, Both.
0: See you. Yeah. See you later. Um,
1: okay. So Harden said, I plan to be back. Good. Now, that is. Is it good? When, it's kind of like when Zion Williamson said, oh, I'll sign an extension. And everybody's like, oh, Zion said he signed an extension. Yay. And I was like, well. What are the terms of the extension? Yes, okay. Um, right. Like when when Nikola Jokic said, "I will be signing the extension." Uh, By the way, we obsessed uh, for months about whether Giannis Attenicum. Antetokounm- I was actually talking to the Bucks, uh, mm-hmm. some of the some people in the Bucks front office about this the other night before the game. I was like, yep. "We obsessed for months, maybe a year, about whether Giannis years. was going multiple going years to extend on the supermax." Yes, and you know, all the way down to the moment where Giannis actually announced he was signing there was drama different layers different people believe different things Jokic at his exit press conference is like you know the two-time MVP goes yeah I'll sign it oh okay cool I'll talk to you later (laughs) it's like you know oh okay I mean um uh so you know Jokic that's a no-brainer that we know what the terms are going to be um and all that Giannis or I mean uh Uh, Zion we don't so when Zion says I'm going to sign the extension it doesn't mean it's a slam dunk and so when James Harden says although that's the one
2: basketball thing we've seen him do is slam dunk (laughs) nothing else over the last year yeah right
1: when when Harden says I'll be back or I'll be here I think is what he said Um, yes he said I'll be here that's not simple Um, is he picking up his option for 47 million which might be a
2: good business move at this point
1: as and by the way McMahon play it out one
0: thing, no, one and, and thing, pick it up and then extend off of that. One, one real thing, one thing, real quick here. Let's talk about this with the, an executive last night. We've talked a lot about how Dennis Schroeder left a lot of money on the table. We didn't sign an extension with the Lakers a couple of years ago. Mm. James Harden had an extension on the table from the Nets last summer for all the money. And he, he's not getting all the money now. It
1: was 40 40-
2: well, hold on see. you assume that this would it would be the first time that Daryl Moore didn't give James harden everything he wanted
1: well, wait I, a minute. now he's talking about when he was in Brooklyn.
0: no i know but it, he's saying yes. he,
2: he's saying he's not going to get all the money now and i say you know he's uh-huh.
0: he's making an assumption there let's i am making reference. i am making an i am making an assumption but i am i believe James harden is not going to get all the money
1: all right well hold on bon temps had an exit uh, what would you call it the, an obit we call it an obit that came out on the Sixers uh, shortly after the game. He was writing it for days. He pulled back the curtain. The obit was in process for days.
0: I mean, yes, I think people probably
1: know in this that, by now. But in yes. that story, um, you tell a, you set a scene from something that happened at the, um, the Daryl Morey stats conference. What's the name of it? The Sloan analytics conference. It basically
0: right. is a Daryl Morey stats conference, but yes, right. at Sloan yeah. in March, Daryl. In Boston. Dar- what did in he Daryl was on the stage uh wearing a blazer and a red shirt, red tee long sleeve shirt with James Harden's giant mug on it from the from the internet meme when he like zips out of the frame. He's got that like uh he's rolling his eyes. Rolling his eyes face. And uh Daryl Morey said that he's been reunited with his basketball Jesus. Hmm.
1: Okay. Now, if you're James Harden I would say his agent, but he doesn't have one. So now Daryl sits If, down if he's negotiating
2: saying, with Daryl, he doesn't need one.
1: All right. Well, uh, uh, Mr. Morey, let me refer to you when you called me basketball Jesus like th- three weeks ago. Uh, I will take my max contract. It has been floated by some. I'm being careful with my language. It has been floated by some that maybe Harden would consider doing what Chris Paul did for the Suns last year. And to remind you of that, Chris Paul had an option in his contract for $44 million, which he could have picked up, played this year at that number, and the Suns would have probably been glad to have him, especially the level of play that he played. But he wanted to guarantee himself more money. The Suns were looking to protect their payroll, both short and medium term. And so he left $44 million on the table and re-signed for 30 about 30.8 so it's called it 31 mm. million and then in the second year of that contract next season it dips down again to 28 million because um there could be a new contract for for uh, deandre ayton on there and so the Suns were trying to protect themselves and that i think is something that the sixers would love to entertain is we will still pay you hundred million dollar deal. Cause Chris Paul's deal, I think is four and 120 the last year isn't guaranteed. So the hundred, the, the, the actual um, guaranteed value is, you know, I think night around 90 million, or maybe it's a little bit more, but right. I think that the six years would probably love to do that. And if they did that, it would open up some windows for them to do some other things with their roster because paying James Harden 30 million, which We can debate whether that's even a smart number, but James Harden as a $30 million player with the output that he has is a lot more reasonable than James Harden as a $50 million player, which is what his contract would average if he signed the max. But number one, James Harden's four years younger than Chris Paul. Now, we could argue about the relative age of their physical statures, but he is four years younger. Number two, Chris Paul is 100% committed and invested in the sons and badly wants to do whatever he can to help them get a championship. Uh, I'm not sure we can say that with Harden. So, you know, I'm sure Daryl Morey has his whiteboards in his office filled up with, you know, ways to get another star player, because if there's one thing Daryl is, is focused on, it's collecting stars. He never stops. Um, And I'm sure he's got all kinds of plans. Right. But I'm not so sure James is incentivized to go along with any of them.
2: Well, also, when's James going to decide he wants out of Philly? Because we've seen the expiration date on co-stars. We've talked about this. It keeps getting shorter. The last time was 13 months. So, and uh, honestly, the, the bigger concern for Philly is what if Embiid decides that he's had enough of this? What if Embiid decides, listen, I've given it a hell of a run here. Um, we haven't been out of the second round, like at, at, at what point does Joel Embiid decide to look around and, and think, Hmm, is, is there somewhere I would rather be? Do I need
0: to pull a, a power pout? Well, at what well point is that a concern? So there's a couple things here to unpack, right? I I'm with you, man, man. I think the bigger danger for the Sixers in the short to medium to long-term is not James Harden going anywhere, which I'll get to in a second but I think it's Joel and looking around and saying it's time for me to try to win somewhere and I'm not going to win here. Right. Like Joel, I, I know from talking to Joel, Joel really wants to win. He is concerned about, I mean, concerned is the wrong word. He looks at it. He wants to be considered as as high up on the list of greatest players of all time as he can be. Mm -hmm. And to do that, he's got to win championships and in, in his mind, Win MVP at some point, right. you know, He said he's done caring about MVP. If He wins MVP next year. I'm sure he'll be happy. Set that aside. He <laughs> but he is done. but he's but he but he <laughs> right. So we'll set that aside. But he But he But he wants to win badly. You mean, look, say whatever else you want about Joel. That guy played through a ton of stuff. Yes, across. his to me. Anybody who wants to question like his dedication or motivation is it's nonsense. The guy really cares and really wants to win now. James Harden thing, as we've talked about many times on this pod, they've sort of brought the band back together here in Philly. Right. To your point, McMahon, about where James wants to be last night while he was talking, Tad Brown, longtime president of the Rockets, now president of the Sixers standing, watching while he was there. Daryl Morey obviously is running the team. We'll see what happens with Doc.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe there'll be a new coach.
0: So we'll see what happens there. Well, is um, Mike
1: D'Antoni a free agent right now? I mean, I know he's a, he's a, he's a candidate in Charlotte. Um,
0: well, So I and I think if you look around, I think it's hard, especially with where the market is. It's hard for me to see where James is going to go. And it's especially hard for me to see where James is going to go, given he's got all the creature comforts of home from Houston that he was looking for here in Philly anyway. Right. So I do think there's a chance that they come to some sort of agreement to have a lower number to get other players around these guys, whether they use Tobias Harris in some sort of a trade, whether it's looking ahead to 2023 when Tobias is on an expiring deal. And if they move him, they'd have a ton of money to go sign one of many star players that are available next summer. Cause this free class is not very good. Um, you know, like you said, Brian, Daryl, Daryl's always looking at trying to add new guys. He's got, all sorts of plans all the time i'm sure he's got plans but i think the bigger question is even if you do that like is what is the path to this team being as good as the celtics being as good as the bucks like Boy, a, it's just it's just They're it's so gonna good. be it's gonna be hard and look there was this this has been completely blown over last night because of everything that happened post game like danny green's leg got no. It destroyed probably in the first quarter. Joel oh, fell into him it was just an awful injury. Um, oh, Joel, Danny Green, one of the best guys in the league for a long time, oh, beyond the fact he was basically become like the archetypal 3&D player. Um, you know, I, I talked to him in the morning for a story we're working on, like just the best guy. So it's terrible to see him get hurt. But like for the Sixers team, Danny Green is a critical piece. Like as a $10 million player next year, who's a 3&D guy, he's the only guy they have like that on the roster. Matisse Thybul does not shoot the ball. He's a D. Beyond it. not getting vaccinated, he also doesn't shoot. His offense is completely cratered. So zero in like, pretty much. I mean, it's it's hard to play him because his offense is so bad. So like they don't have they don't have medium to small salaries to move around for anything. Like it, it this is not a simple fix for this team, and that's why to me, man, your point about Joel is the thing that has to hang over the Sixers going forward, which is I mean, how can we get this team to a level where it's as good as the Celtics, as good as the Bucks, as good as the Suns because like if they can't then I have to think at some point this thing has an expiration date on it because this guy wants to win and if he can't win here he's going to start looking around.
2: Yeah, and he did, you know, he he's about to have his extension kick in. So he's got four guaranteed years plus a player option, which obviously would reduce his leverage should he get itchy and decide he needs to find somewhere else where he has a real chance to win a championship but you know <laughs> we, we've seen the way this league That's works when, when guys want out they they don't tend to they don't tend to stay where they are and uh you know they just saw that play out in philly
1: all right more to come on that probably we'll see what happens in the next few days and in the we'll event that Doc Rivers this
0: afternoon, when Doc and Daryl are having a press conference together, right? So, well, we'll, we'll see I'll be interested sure. we'll see what Daryl says.
1: That should be comfortable. Daryl is leads the league in media manipulation, so we'll see how that is planned. And Man, Doc's
2: um, uh, Doc's not too far down that list, brother.
1: Well. Let's just. I mean, don't have I don't, you know, have, I don't like, have
2: any expectations for this press conference, but you know we'll see what happens.
1: Look, there's a team in Southern California that wears purple and gold that we don't talk about that has a coaching opening that is waiting there, watching to see what happens. With
2: we the don't players. we don't talk about them. Yeah, well, so. there's a coach in uh, in Utah who, if Philly came open, I don't I'd I'd be curious to see his interest level.
1: If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you wanna be, Peloton encourages you to just start with thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can. Even if that's just a 10 minute low impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30 minute live J ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket. With Vivid Seat Rewards, score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, um, McMahon. Do you remember do last playoffs? week?
0: Remember last week when we talked about Mavs Suns? Remember after two games, I got scolded for picking for picking the Mavs, and McMahon <laughs> McMahon was recounting how he he might he might have given the Mavs too much credit for saying it would go seven. Remember that? <laughs> a long week.
2: I was asking Reggie Bullock last night. By the way, Bullock had a great game, nineteen points. Uh, they changed the assignment, so they put Reggie Bullock on Booker. Vinnie Smith, primarily on, on Chris Paul, just to kind of change things up. Bullock did a great job on uh, on Devin Booker. But anyways, I'm asking about, hey, you've been decided underdogs this whole series. You know, not that many people even expect you to get it at seven. And he gave me this kind of stern, you know, look like, and I said, hold on. <laughs> I had sons in seven. So, you know, I at least had you
1: had <laughs> them getting there now.
2: You know, I, after 2-0, after the way Chris Paul absolutely dominated uh, the fourth quarter in particular of game two, at that point, did I think it was going seven? No. No, I did not. But Chris Paul is not the same player at 37 that he was at 36.
1: Literally, I'm not he turned sure. 37 I'm, last week.
2: Yeah, he turned 37 yeah. before game three. I'm not sure exactly how that science works but I don't know if he celebrated with like a big old steak or something and messed up I all know. the that the I vegan know vibes,
1: you know but
2: I tell you what, man, it is amazing. And yeah, obviously I'm joking about the age part of it. Uh, but man, they, I think they've done a great job wearing him down um, on both ends of the floor. He's got an absolute bullseye on him and not just when Luka Doncic has the ball, but Jalen Brunson has absolutely eaten up a guy that he's known since he was you know, basically like in kindergarten or younger. um, And Chris Paul is, is the last four games has been
1: bad. He can't get here. He's struggling trouble getting to his spots. The Mavericks are look, J- Jason Kidd was never regarded as a great tactician. And, and when he was in Brooklyn and in Milwaukee, his, his moves largely didn't work and he was, he was criticized for it. People didn't know about his future as a coach, despite, a resume that indicated it. He has gone toe to toe with a guy who in fact affected games like he did and with strategy and they are not letting Chris Paul get to his spots. Um, now I have to say the, one of the reasons we like NBA playoffs is because of the drama that we have here. We have, sounds not starting to sound like QB. What we have in our league um, is a great all-time potential, all-time great player. We have one of the best players in the league right now. Mm-hmm. The best player in the series going up against a great team in a game seven. The,
0: and going up against an all-time great player trying to finally break through, right? Yeah, and this is this seen is, as Chris Paul's best chance. Like, this, there's a, it's awesome.
1: This is what the NBA playoffs are all about. And if you're the Suns you got to feel sick. I know that they don't. And I know like Booker is never going to have a problem with confidence and Booker Booker doesn't think
0: that the best player in the series on the other team. I could tell you that much.
1: Completely right. Nor should he. And Booker has some great closeout games already on his resume. Now he did not. And like last year, went into Staples, took down the Lakers, Mm -hmm. no Anthony Davis, but still had a 40 point closeout game in Staples. Um, but Luca's resume in elimination games, going dating back to um, when he was a teenager in Europe. I was
0: going to say Luca's resume in Luca's resume in in postseason slash tournament games. Right. Period. Is and I'm going to include the
1: European Championships where he led Slovenia to the Cup title, Euro Cup. And oh, he won
0: Eurobasket Real Madrid as a teenager. I'm or the when he I mean
1: won when he pulled off an upset leading Slovenia to a win in Lithuania against Lithuania to into the Olympics
0: yeah 31 11 and 13 getting in into them getting Slovenia into the medal round of the Olympics.
1: Yes, they almost got a bronze medal with a team that you know come on if you saw that roster um,
2: Don't you be insulting Mike Toby?
1: <laughs> Toby actually was great in the Olympics um, guys, like I, I I always you know talk about you know LeBron is one... I don't know if he'll ever get to another Game 7, but LeBron has won his last, I believe, five Game 7s, um, two of them on the road, you know, one Game 7 of the of the finals on the road in 2016. I mean, we're talking about it's only happened a handful of times ever.
2: Well, well, this was the first time uh, out of three shots that Luka won while facing elimination in the NBA playoffs, but he's only averaged like 39. Right. It's not I think it's fault. like 39, 11, and I don't know. It's, it's really... And- it's ridiculous much. And here
1: we have where the great grind is because he's never had the better team. He doesn't have the better team here. This son's team is championship caliber championship strategy, championship focus, usually championship coaching. I, 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 I their whole entire portfolio is impressive to me and they, have won games when they generally when they've mattered in the last two years. So here we go. McMahon, one. look out in this one.
2: Well, and it's been such a bizarre series because here we are going to game seven and we have not had a second of clutch time in this series. There have been six lopsided games. You know, like a couple of the game, the, the, you know, a couple of the earlier games in Dallas were blowouts, but there hasn't been any. Part of like the last six minutes of games where you're You've been on right the edge of your seat. Every yeah, day. yeah. So none of these games have been competitive. It's been as simple as home team wins convincingly. Um, but this is a fascinating game seven for a lot of reasons. You know, you you just hit on some of those. And and look, the other the, who do you think the pressure's on? You know, and and I asked uh, I asked Jalen Brunson last night basically about kind of the psychology heading into game seven, like essentially. You know the Mavs are kind of playing with house money. You know, do you feel like the pressure's on the Suns? And he started his answer with, uh, "Do do you want? Do you want my boring answer?" (laughs) Which was his way of saying, "You know, and I know, and there's no way in hell I'm going to tell you what I really think out loud." But yeah, of hey, the Mavericks and Jay Kidd was even talking about before uh, before the game last night. Basically the Mavericks have made huge strides this season. They broke through the first round. They've proven they can compete in a series with a team that has the NBA's best record. This season for the Suns has always been championship or bust. No question. And, and as 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 much as Chris Paul at times makes you think that he can play forever, he's 37 years old and this might be his last best crack at it. You know, you You're Exactly right. You, you, exactly. So when you talk about who's all the pressure on, it's on the 37-year-old little fella who's, who has been a shell of himself over the last four games. I mean, it's, uh, it's stunning how poorly Chris Paul has played, especially in, in, in the three losses. But over the last four games, he's averaged only seven shots a game. He can't get shots. Not that he's ever a uh, you know twenty-five or thirty shot per game guy at this point, but only seven shots per game. Uh, and it's not like, well, he's you know he's running six point three assists. You know, ten in the in the one uh, win that they had in that stretch when the Mavericks in the third quarter reminded me of my my third grade boys team, where it's, <laughs> you know I tell I always tell those kids I say, hey, any possession we get a shot's a good possession. <laughs> well, the Mavericks committed twelve freaking turnovers in the third quarter of that game, so a lot of those assists are well, here. The Mavericks are throwing you an outlet pass, basically. Here's the, but look, now here's the crazy number: four and a half turnovers by Chris Paul per game over the last four. Four and a
1: half it's doesn't happen. That's
2: shocking.
0: Yep. Well, it, and so like we talked well, after we. After they went up 2-0 last week, we talked about what the Mavs had to do to get back in the game, right? And the Suns shot a billion percent from long twos in the first two games. Chris Paul and Devin Booker, I think we talked about it combined to shoot like 65% in those first two games on long twos. That wasn't going to continue. And the Mavs had to get other guys involved. So Luca wasn't running out of gas. And they've done a great job at both of those things. Um, And the reason I picked Dallas in the first place was because they have the best player in the series. And I was concerned that, I at that time I was concerned Devin Booker would be worn down. First Chris all, Paul,
2: but this him hold on, hold on, hold on, didn't hold in, participate on. in the pick, so you, you're not getting credit if they hold win.
0: Hold on, hold on. No, I, but <laughs> so what, McMahon? What do you do? You do we think Chris Paul is hurt? Elon Musk we think that, he says that a pick on think, Twitter counts. as do that we think that, counts. that? Do we think that? Do we think that he's hurt? Is this King just? The way Dallas is guarding him. What do we think? Uh, I, I so I I
2: think I think it's a lot about the way that Dallas is wearing him down, not just the way that they're guarding him. Although it, there's been a lot of the 94 feet stuff, like they they've they the Suns have had to have that the guys bring the ball up, so it's not Bullock or, or Finney Smith yep. just breathing all up in CP3's grill for 94 feet. And, yep. I, and I really think a huge part of this is, oh hey, that's you guys really think you've got something the way you targeted Luca and absolutely just exposed him in game two, guess what? We're going to do the same thing with Chris Paul. And so Chris Paul is having to work his butt off defensively. And look, he's been a great defender over the course of his career, but as his career has transitioned into the the later stages, you know, he's not that on ball pest, you know, he, he's the, you know, a, a brilliant help defender. He still has great hands, but he's he's not a guy who's you know they they don't want him expending a lot of energy. He's not taking the he's he's taking the easiest defensive assignment, not the toughest. But they're bringing him up in the screens, just like the Suns have done with Luca throughout the course of the series. And these Mavericks guards are physical. Luca Doncic is six eight, you know, whatever the weight is, two forty eight, two fifty something in that range. And it, like if Chris Paul, he's just going to turn around and put his big old butt on him and back him down, back him down, back him down. And that gee, you let 250 back you down and tell me how your legs are feeling. Listen, uh, man, and then I, Brunson's physical too, Brunson and Brunson has zero fear. When he sees CP three on him, he's going at him.
1: Hey, this also this Luca uh, Booker little budding, bu- bubbling rivalry. Mm hmm. Both of them, 0% fear, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and, two, and
2: two, two of the biggest trash talkers in the league, too.
1: I'm going to say two things before we move on real quick to, to Buck Celtics. One, two days off instead of one day out before game seven is a huge factor.
0: Big, big bonus for the Suns.
1: Huge factor. In yes, to the fact because the it's
0: Suns been every
2: other day so far.
1: That's right. Number two, 52-0. That is the mm-hmm. Suns' record when they lead through three quarters.
2: I think it's 53 now.
1: Okay, 53.
2: The O is
0: the important part there. Many, many, yes. many, many an O. <laughs> yes.
1: And part of the thing that we've seen in the postseason is when the Suns can get everything aligned just so, get the game played at their in their pace, they're really kind of unbeatable. Take one so,
0: chain, link out of the chain, though, then you start to have problems. That's correct.
1: So, well, And when the Mavs
2: have stunk, you know they they've talked about we haven't played with pace. They're waiting too long to get in their stuff. You know once they really is, start getting their offense,
0: it's eight which, seven six five, which has been every game in Phoenix. Right. Yes. I
2: mean that's the other thing. It's been yeah they have made them a- play in the they've made them play in the mud in Phoenix. So sand, establishing
1: you know I know you know I just establishing who's going to control the game early on. I mean that happens in every game seven. Also typically game sevens are played ugly and tight early. Um, because the teams know each other and they're tired and all that stuff. Um,
2: Can I hit something real quick, though? Yeah. Um, Of course, buddy. You know, we've talked about, I think, the impact that Jason Kidd and Sean Sweeney have made, X's and O's-wise, on the Mavericks defense. You know, we've hit on just how valuable I think Reggie Bullock was as a mid-level signing, giving them another guy to go with Finney Smith. They've got two defensive stoppers who are very versatile.
0: Tibbs would have liked to have him in New York again this year. Absolutely.
2: Uh, I think Jay Kidd has done a great job with the psychology of this team. And another example came after game two, when again, Luca had a horrific defensive performance and Jay Kidd didn't call him out after the game. He's talked about, Hey, we need to protect him more on that end. Luca called himself out and acknowledged that it was awful and then before Game Three, J.K. Had kind of shifted his, his his tone and said, "You know, we can talk about protecting, but you know, Luca's got to participate." And that, that's kind of been the buzzword for J.K. We, you know, hey, don't expect Luca to be a stopper, but I brought he's got up
0: a, Dirk, right?
2: Yeah, brought up Dirk. Got to participate. Got to stick up for yourself. And and it's one of the few times, and he's been selective. There have been other times, but it's one of the few times where J.K. really challenged Luca. Publicly, and Luca responded to it, and you know he, he kind of tapped into Luca's pride, and Luca's taken a lot of pride in the Mavericks' defensive turnaround this year, and being a part of it, participating in it. Um, and again, I I just I just think that, uh, especially given how poorly psychological and and interpersonal issues were handled under the previous regime, I think we've got to give Jake a lot of credit there.
1: All well, right, that's before, the, that's the be, one. Before,
0: I was just going to say real quick, that's the one thing that that when you brought when McJay kid came in, right, McBan. that's the one thing that you hoped you'd be able to do as an all time great player and an all time great point guard. He could be able to connect with Luca and stuff like that in a way that Rick couldn't. Right. All right. That was at least the hope.
1: The Low Post podcast brings you some of the best insights into the world of the NBA hosted by NBA insider Zach Lowe. Playoffs are here and Lowe will be there. With what you need to know, listen to The Low Post wherever you find your podcasts. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. For the ones who get it done, Grainger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Before we talk about Celtics bucks, it's trivia time Uh-oh. brought to you by CarMax mm, sure stop is. online and on the lot with home delivery in select markets. Bon temps, you've had no sleep. Have you had a chance to come up with a trivia question? Come on, obviously.
0: <laughs> Unlike other people, I don't forget about the trivia.
2: Now, it's time for a Hoop Collective Trivia.
0: Now, uh, there are 13 players all time who have averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds for their career and made at least eight all-star games. All of them are in the Hall
2: of Fame. 20 and 10 regular season or playoffs? Regular season. Okay. Okay.
0: How many of them can you name?
1: Thirteen. Jeez. Why are be here all night?
0: I mean, come on, man. Oh, I'll just, I will just figured I'd see how many of you could name. Dude. It's not like it's not like they're it's not like it's hard to name them. They're all Hall of Famers. <laughs> they're all all time great players.
2: Okay. I mean, start with Wilt. Yep. Uh Moses
0: Malone. Yep.
1: So their careers have to be over, right?
0: Yes. Uh, uh Tim Retired Duncan. Retired players. They're all in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Tim Duncan Tim- did not. Was was he shy in the points, obviously? Uh, I believe so. David Robinson. David Robinson. Hakeem Olajuwon. Yep. Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. Um, did I say Moses
1: Malone? That's why he's doing this. Bob Lanier.
2: That Bob, Lanier. Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier.
1: That, rest in peace, St. Bonaventure. Great. That's why this question is on here. That is that's correct. Hey. That is why I was asked.
0: He was that. hoping
1: that we wouldn't. No, I knew, Lanier, get, I, I knew you would get. I thought I knew, about
0: it. I mean, I knew Winhorst would get Bob Lanier. <laughs> I knew he'd be paying attention. Um, how many do we how have? Have we got? There's, I think, six or seven more. <laughs> What's it, what, what? You're not miss count here. Some, well, I, I'm doing. I'm looking at the list and I'm doing math <laughs> as I go. I believe there's seven more. You have to get. Oh my god! <laughs> I was just going to see how many you got, and then whenever you were done, I'd just tell you the rest. So. It was a way to it was a way to get a boblanier question in here, which is what I did.
2: Patrick Ewing,
0: nope. What? Carmelo. Those those magic days
2: really sapped
0: it. He had a couple. That's the thing about this is you can get the end of your career, like Dwight is down to like Dwight Howard's down to like fourteen and eleven now Mm. for his career. Uh, Carmelo is one. Yes. There's five more, six more actually. Oh my god like I said uh, I Kareem obviously I nope oh yes I'm sorry what do yes. you mean I, nope I, shut up I, Kareem, is, Kareem is on there yes
2: <sighs>
0: uh, did Wes Unseld average 20? he used to drag no. Bob
2: Lanier up and down the court I heard about yes. it on a movie that's right
0: <laughs> uh, Wes Unseld is not on the
1: list
2: <laughs> Wendy likes the uh, 1970s Wendy,
1: Wendy like the, <laughs> the airplane reference <laughs> Tell your old man to drag... Uh, what did he, what does he say?
2: <laughs> Tell your old man to drag Lanier up Walton and down the and court. Walton and Lanier
0: up and down the court.
2: Walton, <laughs> Walton and Lanier. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, all right, just name him, Bob Temps. We got to move on. on.
0: Yeah, the other guys are... Uh, McMahon's favorite player, Bob Pettit. Oh. Uh, I, I, come and on. McMahon's that
1: upset that they didn't name the Eastern Conference MVP trophy after Bob Pettit.
0: Yeah. Elvin, Elvin Hayes, Larry Bird, oh, Elgin Bird. Baylor, and... Charles
1: Barkley, oh,
2: I okay. should have gotten a, a Baylor Bar- Bird. I'm actually surprised on the rebounds, but okay. I
1: actually thought about Bird and then rejected it because I didn't think he'd get the rebounds. So there's um, the
0: so there's the list. But yes, Bob all right, I don't know how many week. you know all-time great post- adventure person, all-time yes. great person. So there you right. go.
1: Since we're posting late, I don't know how many people are going to get to hear this pod before the Celtics-Bucks game, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But this has been one of the most uh, intense series I've ever covered. Um, the, the incredible, uh, comeback in the fourth quarter that the Celtics pulled in game five here in Milwaukee, um, a couple of nights ago was remarkable. The game that the bucks pulled out in Boston, uh, one of, I mean, the bucks now have quite a few very impressive victories over the last couple of years. They were a team that couldn't close, um, when it was a close game, they wouldn't win, but now, they have quite a few notches on that belt. Um, so I don't know even if I would say it's the best in their run the last two years, but it was pretty damn impressive to me considering Chris Middleton. I was going to say, there. especially and, without
2: Middleton, considering he's kind of their, you know, I think their best as a closing group when he's got the ball in his hands, that are in pick and roll yes. Giannis.
1: Yes. He made some incredible baskets uh, in last year's run. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, the Celtics. I have to be honest with you. The you know, Celtics lost that game uh, by three in Game f- uh, Five, lost by two in Game Three. Um, they they honestly could make a case that the series should be over, that they should have won four one. The only game where they were I don't first.
2: think I don't think making a case gets you to the next round. I think you You're actually have right to win the games.
1: That. And so they've got to be absolutely great. Great, sick. great thoughts there, buddy. <laughs> they have got to be sick. Now, Jason, you know uh, Jalen Brown sort of took a uh, a position of like we're going to forget this and move on um uh J- jason tatum was actually oddly like i don't want to, if i want to say animated but he was like like embracing the challenge um this Celtics team could win the title i mean this mm-hmm. this is this the winner is of this title.
0: series the winner of this series is winning the title period a well, lot before it started health. it's only been reinforced it's only yeah. been reinforced to me as it's gone on obviously how Obviously health permitting, but yes, but I think these Boston's, are clearly the two best teams.
1: Boston's got to be just sick, sick that they are facing elimination in this game. And they only really have themselves to blame. They've, they've allowed, mm. you know, they've allowed, um, they've allowed them, themselves to give up some leads. Um,
2: yeah. The bucks have taken it too, though. Like, and, and drew holiday mm. in the last, whatever it was 10 seconds of that game, he swatted Marcus, not swatted. He just took the ball from him on a block shot. Then, you know, took the ball from him again at the end of the game, then went in the Celtics locker room and took his defense player, of the year robe and strutted <laughs> it out of the arena with it.
1: <laughs> he never changed his facial expression. And the thing about that play, and I don't, you know, by the time people hear this, it'll be days old, but the thing about that play that was so amazing is he, he left Jalen Brown, which you could argue was a mistake. There was, you know, seven or eight seconds left. It wasn't like Marcus Smart had to shoot that ball. He very easily could have passed the ball back to Jalen Brown, who would have had a wide open, like 16 footer, because Drew Holiday came off of him.
0: Emeo Doka says all the time, though, KYP, know your personnel. Marcus had an open lane to the basket. He was going to be shooting the ball.
1: That's right. And that's what Drew said. And the thing about the play, and it happened, you know, uh, where we sit in, in Boston, Bontemps, it happened right in front of us. Right in front of it, yep. Um, Marcus never saw him.
0: Nope. clearly. And, uh, Pat so, so the ball was smacking off his dome.
1: They were, they were attacking Pat Connaughton down the stretch and Pat Connaughton was holding his own and he did okay on that possession, but, but Marcus had a clean look and he was going to take a shot. That could have been a game winner. That could have been the difference in this series. He had a clean look and he never saw him. I can only imagine what Marcus was thinking like i am going to be the hero and then out of nowhere number 21 and so one of the things that has hurt boston it hurt i don't think it hurt them earlier in the series because al horford um was terrific but the minutes i feel like may have caught up with horford a little bit um but robert williams being out it didn't hurt them in game five because horford was so great game six it hurt them because Grant Williams had one of his worst games uh, of the playoffs. And when um, Ime Odoka had to take Grant Williams out because he wasn't getting it done, he went to Derek White. And therefore the 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 Celtics were just a little too small. And Bobby Portis and Giannis Antetokounmpo caused all kinds of problems in there with, with their offensive rebounds. Portis got this putback play, which was still lucky um, because the two Celtics had their hands on it and, the, and they just mishandled it and the ball landed in Portis. But, Um, so the Celtics are going to have to play a little bit bigger, um, with hopefully Robert Williams coming back tonight. I don't know yet, but I suspect he will. It's an elimination game. So, um, it has been a skin tight series. You know, the Celtics I've, I've felt bad for you because you've, you've been to all these Celtics games all year long and now you're dealing with this slop series with all this. I was watching basketball. six, I watched
0: six regular season <laughs> games be played while maybe the best series of my lifetime outside right. the finals has been going on the other series in the East. I mean, look, yeah. an executive in the league texted me the second that game ended the other night and said um, that was, once you once you've won 16 games, you know how to win 16 games. And to me, game five, and really this series has been the Bucs showing the Celtics what it takes to win 16 games. And that that fourth quarter performance by Giannis and Drew Holiday, with Chris Middleton, by the way, not playing the whole series. Um, that that performance to me summed that up in a nutshell. Those two guys were through the fire, went through the fires last year, won a title. You know, got got through injuries and ups and downs, and that crazy net series. Giannis having his leg almost snap in half, everything that went on. And as that fourth quarter went on, the Celtics were as tight as a drum, and the Bucs were running their offense and playing normally. And yeah, they had to have a lot of breaks go their way, but they made their own breaks in that fourth quarter and came back and won the game. And, you know, the Celtics, I think, can definitely win tonight. I think they can definitely win Sunday. But if they don't win this series, that's, you know, they're going to spend all summer thinking about where they fell short and what they could have done differently. And it's in for all the games, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart have played in the playoffs. It's just a reminder of how hard it is to advance and get where you need to go, especially when you're playing against the best player in the universe. And Giannis is, I need to stop hearing about Kevin Durant and these other guys being better than Giannis. This guy is the best player by a clear amount. And he has proved that throughout the season. And he's proved that in the series. Because with no Chris Middleton, I certainly didn't think the Bucks would be able to win this series. And he's been incredible and has carried these guys all the way to the finish line. Yeah, and he he's
2: absolutely relentless. Unbelievably <laughs> I mean,
0: relentless, man. Yeah. I I, I
2: tell you what, I, I, I wonder if at this point Harden thinks Giannis can do anything more than than run and jump. Um, you know, I know I was he's, thinking
0: he, I was thinking about that last night, man. For all the all the stuff that's been said back by him and all the stuff that's gone back and forth, like you just look at how hard Giannis plays, and you look at these games where Harden and Big Spots just disappears. It's just like but, but I mean, you know, yeah, and the Giannis, idea that Giannis
2: doesn't have skill is insane. Oh, show me insane. another guy that size, that athletic, who is that graceful with the ball in their hands. Okay, the jumper ain't great. Hey, by the way, one show of the guys who plays gets in where he wants to go that easily,
0: and one of the biggest plays in that entire game was they're down six with about 145 to go, and Giannis off an offensive rebound buries a three at the top mm-hmm. of the key. It was one of the it biggest plays in the game.
1: I couldn't believe he took it. I couldn't believe he. Oh, made I could it. believe he took it. And, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, Stan Van Gundy has gotten, um, you know, skewered a little bit because he it's, it drives him crazy whenever Giannis shoots a three. He's not always wrong. I mean, Giannis was seven of seven. It, he, he's year. been
2: right eighty one percent of the time in this series. Right.
1: right. But like the. But he hit he, it when it mattered. Yeah. I mean that, that should have sparked the bonus factor. Appearance. Now, crown, crown jewels, baby, crown jewels. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens with the goal. I mean, I'm not really ready to, to get serious about the Golden State-Memphis uh, series until we see if it goes seven. But um, it was also we're out of time. Um, just I'll
0: say on team. that real quick. I don't think the Warriors are on the level of these other teams. I just I think this series. <laughs> that's is, well, that's the a that's Warriors a bold can, opinion for a team that was well, down fifty something in the third quarter. Well, well, but say, the Warriors can
1: get the Warriors can get to that level. But their level of no, I I disagree. The Warriors have shown this season that they can play at their championship level, but their level of variance.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't think they can play at a championship level in these playoffs. Draymond is a complete zero on offense to the point where he's almost Ben Simmons. And when they try to play all these guards together, they can't guard anybody and they're too small. So I don't think they I don't think they have much of a chance to say
1: that when they're clicking, they can put up one forty. And they used to be able they've they've shown the ability to do that four out of seven times. Um what I mean, that's I, the thing. I
0: wouldn't say they have shown that. That's my well, and before. and and
2: and not to back bond hims because I obviously can't stand the guy but obviously yes, it's obviously. a lot, it's a lot more difficult for your offense to click four out of seven games when you're dealing with the Bucks
0: defense or you're dealing with the Celtics agree. Defense, or even, defense or the Mavs defense, hey,
1: by the way, if they, they could end up playing Dallas with home court in the next round. Yeah.
0: And no they'll lose. So
1: might be right, but I'm just, you know, we'll see. Um, a, a team with that level of variance typically is not winning 16 games. I, and and they know. By the way, they know that. But they also are gonna are gonna play it out because they know that there's a level they can go to. All right. Thanks for listening to Collective Podcast. Thank you to Bon Temps. Thank you to McMahon. Thank you to Jackson, our producer. Thank you to Andrea, our video editor. We are gonna head to the conference finals. Where will we be talking to you from next week? Boy, I do not know. Got two flights booked t- tomorrow. One to Boston. One home. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind going home for a few days. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you later. Enjoy your weekend.
2: Adios, amigos.
1: Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify?